Welcome back to episode 136 of the Guardian Project podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and I am rubber. You are glue. Whatever you say, wild ricochets off of me and sticks to you. Oh, I like that. That's a great <laughs> card, too. I really, really, really enjoy that card. Play it more, people. Uh, and I'm your other host, Mike. And there really is no limit on how you can build a Morophon deck. No, really. Morophon's boundless. The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. <laughs> Thank you for the Mean Girls. You oh, know, reference I, I, I love I love Tina Fey, so I'm a big fan. Please listen carefully. Big, big fans. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. So a few announcements. We're back to streaming. So if you have not yet followed us, please go follow our new Twitch channel. That is at twitch.tv slash Guardian Project Podcast. We're going to be streaming every other Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, So probably about three hours. We try to get two games in. So we've got a lot of um, folks that you've seen before on our show scheduled over the next couple of months. And we're going to be putting those VODs on YouTube and... um, Coyle did say that he is going to edit one of those videos. He said we're going to you know, hold me accountable at some point. We're going to edit one of those. So sure. um, that is, you know, if you're not following us on YouTube, um, go follow us so that you can be notified when those videos go live. Um, what we did before was we would upload those videos on Sundays. So we are that is going to be our same goal is to have those up Sunday mornings so folks have time. To watch those as they want, uh, as they please, I guess, or when they want. And um, Sundays have have been pretty good for us in the past. Um, so please go follow us um, and also come hang out with us when we're streaming every other Tuesday. Yeah, you'll check us out next time at uh, on January twenty fifth. Will be the next time that we're streaming. So make sure to to come in and check us out then. Uh, if you ordered anything from the October Super Drop Secret Lair or the Secret Lair Extra Life 2021, uh, you should be getting some emails from Wizards of the Coast saying that you're being charged. If you didn't already um, purchase them outright beforehand, you're going to get charged soon and they'll be shipping soon. Um, I know I got my notification about my uh, Secret Lair um, Stranger Things and my Secret Lair Extra Life. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to sticking those those humans in my Morophon's Humans deck. And of course, that Crater Hoof, wherever that Crater Hoof can go. I, did, I didn't order everything in the Super Drop, but I ordered the, the Showcase, the Midnight Hunt foil edition of the lands that were from Innistrad. So things like the, uh, the Moreland Haunt, Vault of the Archangel, oh, Desolate yeah. Lighthouse. You know, I went through and I think of those, I, I think there's only like two that I don't play. I don't run Grim Backwoods and I don't run the Nefalia Drownyard, but I believe I run all of the others in the two color decks that I have. So I'm pretty excited for these to come in. I forgot I ordered them, I'll be honest, until oh, I got the email. That's fantastic. Is the is that Backwoods card? Is that the sacrifice one with a Golgari activated activation in its uh I I it is the Golgari one. Um I don't know what it does. Two I, green I, and a black tap sack a creature draw card, I believe. Yes, yes, that's exactly and it also taps for a colorless mana. Also comes in untapped, folks. It's a good, it's a good land so automatically. It, yeah, it does have sacrifice a creature. Honestly, I don't know why I'm not running in Dragogar Lichlord. I guess because I could at least sacrifice a creature that's going to get that, removed. That activation cost is the same as the cost of your commander, though. To be fair, it's pretty. It, no, it the commander's black, black, green, green. This is well, colorless. But I, 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 it's still, it's four mana though to activate it. 
versus that's true i mean yeah. to draw a card though where i don't have a it's ton true. of card draw in that green black deck you know most of it is trying to throw it in the graveyard so well there you go you found a home for it now i found a home for it um the other announcement we have is that if you have not heard our merch store is live where um you can head over to guardianprojectpodcast.com and you can pick up one of our play mats um they are 30 dollars, free shipping anywhere um we're very happy that we're able to do that. Um, we did we did know that some people had issues purchasing a while ago. Those issues have been resolved. And then for those of you that have ordered, those have been shipped out. Um, they were shipped out last week, so they should be there pretty soon. Um, and if you also um, want to get a, uh, a play map, but, uh, you know, support us to get other swag like the um, proxy of Guardian Project or some of our dry erase tokens, you can head to patreon.com slash Guardian Project pod. You can donate for any dollar amount, but we do have a tier that will get you a play map plus all the other goodies. So go check that out. And if you're looking for another way to support the podcast, whatever platform you are enjoying the podcast on now, if you could subscribe, rate, review and leave comments, we would be most appreciative. Yes, and you can find us online at theguardianprojectpodcast.com. Uh, we stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash guardianprojectpodcast. Our social media is on Twitter at guardianpod, Instagram at guardianprojectpodcast, and then YouTube at youtube.com slash theguardianproject. Um, if you ever want to email us, you know, you have a question or you want to suggest a topic or something, uh, you can email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. Coyle, what are we talking about this week? Uh, pretty exciting week. Uh, uh, we get to talk about another patron deck tech. So if you're not aware, and if you're not already a patron, uh, there is a patron tier where we will uh, take one of your decks and we will take a primer of your deck and we're going to break it down and have an entire episode on it. So you're about to hear that. A patron deck tech for our patron, Daniel Oni, who's bringing us another lore hold uh, commander. We seem to be getting a lot of those from our patrons. Uh, and this one is Hoffrey Ghostforge. Hoffrey Ghostforge. I think it's time for us to go and forge ahead. It was going to be Ghost Forge ahead, uh-huh, but uh-huh. I did in fact miss that. Um, <laughs> So, so it's go forge ahead. Um, but that was a good that was a good transition. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's start out by talking about Hoffrey Ghost Forge. Hoffrey is a four five dwarf cleric that costs three, a red and a white. It says spirits you control get plus one plus one and have trample and haste. And it also says whenever another non token creature you control dies, exile it. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a spirit in addition to its other types and has, when this creature leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to your graveyard. Yeah, so this so this deck is really going to care about that uh, secondary ability on Hoffrey uh, in order to create a token after one of your creatures dies. Um, it's going to focus a lot about self-sacrifice, so you get, so you don't have to depend on swinging and your opponent's blocking or you blocking your opponent's creatures to have your creatures die. Um, and as you can probably imagine, it's actually going to focus on good both enter the battlefield triggers and death triggers. So uh, as we've said before, we like to get some sort of primer uh, from our patrons. We're actually going to do this in a little bit of a different way. Uh, and I actually broke the primer down that I was given from Oni. And we're going to go section by section and uh, talk about the deck that way. So first up, um, 
from Oni, this deck is based around creatures with good enter the battlefield abilities alongside utility creatures that can be used multiple times due to Hoffrey's ability. Um, so when you cast your creature, you're going to get your enter the battlefield trigger. When the creature dies, you're going to get your new token and you're going to get a second enter the battlefield trigger. So you're getting double triggers uh, of your enter the battlefield creatures. Um, the second uh, the token copy of that that Hoffrey makes is only going to be 1-1, one, one, but it's going to get pumped by Hoffrey. It's actually going to get trample and haste in some cases. These creatures are actually getting bigger and stronger with their token copies. Um, yeah, but that's it fair. And it also works for death triggers, too. Uh, there's actually one particular card in the deck that I love more than any, and why not start with it? Uh, and that's Cavalier of Dawn, because it has both an enter the battlefield and a death trigger. So we're actually going to get double of each of them using uh, Hoffrey's ability. So Cavalier of Dawn is a five mana elemental knight. So for two white, 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 you get a four, six with vigilance. That says when Cavalier of Dawn enters the battlefield, destroy up to one target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a three, three colorless golem artifact creature token. And then when Cavalier of Dawn dies, return target artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, so it can only actually target three creatures in this deck, but you know it says artifact or enchantment so really i guess the purpose isn't to bring back creatures but three of the creatures in this deck are artifact creatures that you can bring back no enchantment creatures um, but there's also a lot of utility and high value artifacts and enchantments that we'll go over in detail later uh, such as anointed procession martyr's cause panharmonicon and phyrexian altar that this is going to be able to bring back um, but i wanted to start with this because it really shows exactly the power that hoffrey is going to give you you're going to get double the etb and double the death triggers yeah it's i think that these these types of decks that are focused specifically on the commander are becoming more and more prevalent you and i both have a lot of experience for with sure. commanders that are built com you know the whole deck is built around the commander with noyandar with your shire deck that deals with mm -hmm. death triggers mine deals with just casting spells um the deck really really functions when hoffrey's out so um we're, we're certainly going to focus on creatures that matter when hoffrey is out um the next section is um that the deck was built in a way so that they can combat early game haymakers with a decent amount of removal, which comes really in the form of creatures, sorcery, and instance. Um, so there are creatures that that have self self sacrifice, um, like Cathar Commando, which is a three one human soldier for one and a white. It has flash really great and it says pay one sacrifice it to destroy target artifact or enchantment again we've mentioned with cards like this sitting out people hesitate to play a good artifact or a good enchantment so you're able to um, get around people playing a smothering tithe or a catharist crusade or a uh, you know, um, uh, ghostly prison, what what have you, because they don't want it lost. Where in this case, you can sacrifice this creature, destroy it if they already have it out or they, they don't have it at all. You play it and you're going to get a token if Hoffrey's out and you can also sacrifice that token. So you're getting double. I love this card. Yeah, fantastic. And, and if you look at it, it's too generic and a white mana to destroy an artifact or an enchantment. And it is at instant speed because of the flash. It right. happens in two steps, but you know, it, it still works. Uh, Bounty Agent is, is doing something similar. Um, so Bounty Agent is one in a white. You get a human soldier 2-2 two, two with Vigilance that has tap Sacrifice Bounty Agent. So you have to get around Summoning Sickness, unfortunately, for this. But Destroy Target Legendary Permanent. That's an artifact, creature, or enchantment. Uh, normally, like in Standard or in Modern, any other 60-card format, maybe this is too specific of a card to go for a Legendary Permanent. But we're in Commander, and everyone's playing with a Legendary in the Command Zone. It doesn't hit Planeswalkers, but 
I'm guessing that 99% of your games have uh, at least one legendary creature played in them. You're not hopefully playing against three Aloro decks or uh, three Grist decks in every single one of your pods. Um, so hopefully your bounty agent will be able to uh, kill it. Um, but the added benefit is the token copy actually comes back as a spirit and Hoffrey grants it haste. So that actually does get around the summoning sick part of bounty agents uh, tap ability. Yes, legendary theme decks, uh, worst nightmare right here in Bounty Agent. Niambi Esteem Speaker, uh, get wrecked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the next card here is uh, a card from Eventai, Duar, Duargar Hedge Mage. It is a 2-2 Dwarf Shaman that costs 2 and then a hybrid red or white. And it says when it comes into play, if you control 2 or more mountains, you can destroy a target artifact. And when it comes into play, if you control two or more planes, you can destroy target enchantment. So in the deck, uh, we have nine mountains, um, 11 planes, and then you do have a sacred foundry. So I guess it's 10 and then 12. So you have a good amount of both. Chances are you're probably going to get at least one of those. Um, and if you have both, uh, you're going to destroy four things, I guess, if you have a sack outlet and can get rid of it right away. Yeah. Uh, and it's really fantastic i've never heard of this card before this deck if i'm being 100 percent honest but then again i started an amon cat so the whole like evening tide morning tide sets were a little bit before my time um but duplicate time after time time after time <laughs> <laughs> but duplicate definitely uh is a card that i'm extremely familiar with and you also see it here in removal as a creature so duplicate is a six generic mana two four shapeshifter artifact creature that has imprint when duplicate enters the battlefield you may exile target non-token creature it does not say non-token creature that you control uh, you are definitely using this card to exile your opponent's creatures. Uh, the second line of text isn't that relevant uh, when you're using this card as a piece of removal. As long as the card exiled with duplicate is a creature card, duplicate has the power, toughness, and creature types of the last creature card exiled with duplicates, and it's still a shapeshifter. But this is a six generic mana exile someone's creature uh, in this particular deck, and you're still going to be able to sacrifice it, bring it back. Um, six mana it might sound pretty high, but the fact that this is generic mana means your soul ring is going to help you cast it early on, and it's gonna it's gonna work early game to take out either someone's commander or someone's really powerful creature that they put down. Right. And we're also in the red-white color uh, combination here. So we know that uh, card advantage, while we are getting more and we are seeing some impulse draw, we're getting uh, looting effects. Um, sometimes you just need a full new hand. Uh, we're running a Magus of the Wheel here. So it is a 3-3 three, three human wizard for two and a red. It says pay one red um, and a colorless. Tap it and sacrifice Magus of the Wheel. Each player discards their hand and then draws seven cards. Um, in this case, uh, when that Magus of the Wheel dies, if Hoffrey Ghost Forge is out, you're going to get another Magus of the Wheel. It's a 1-1 one, one that also has haste, so you can then pay one and a red and sack that one if you would like and wheel again. Um, if you didn't like the new hand that you got, and if you have enough mana, which is totally possible getting a lot of mana in this deck, um, you you can discard you can you can wheel play out a few things and then and then wheel again just get another new hand before yeah. anybody else gets to take advantage of the new spells that they cast that's fantastic or that they drew in in my mind i see a situation where everyone else only has 13 cards left in their library but i have more than 14 and i'm about to make everyone draw from an empty deck with a double magus of the wheel trigger 
Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Too. Hopefully it actually happens that way and not just in my brain. Uh, but there are a couple spirits here that actually have some self-sacrifice ability that are amazing utility. The first one here is Remorseful Cleric. For one in a white, you get a 2-1 Spirit Cleric with flying that says Sacrifice Remorseful Cleric, exile all cards from target player's graveyard. Now, I, I am a big proponent of I hate graveyard hate, so hate on hate. But and I love graveyard hate, so love on hate. <laughs> but it's it's a super super good card, and, and in fact, um, we did have the pleasure of recently playing against this Hoffrey deck. And yes. at one point, I had to exile a card from a graveyard, and there was these giant creatures in here. And of all the creatures I could choose, I said, "I don't want my graveyard exiled. I got to take the two one spirit out of your graveyard." That's what I had to choose. Uh, it it kind of felt bad, but at the same time, from Oni's perspective, I'm sure he said. Well, that thing definitely did its job then. Yeah, if if you're just presenting it sitting in the graveyard as something so terrible that it, yet you had to remove it so that it wouldn't get reanimated mm-hmm. to get sacrificed, mm-hmm. it, it in fact did its job by pulling that removal spell from yeah, you. Huge, huge. Now, the other spirit I was uh, referencing is Selfless Spirit. So Selfless Spirit, also two mana, one and a white. And you also get a 2-1 Spirit Cleric with flying that has Sacrifice Selfless Spirit, Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. Um, I remember when this particular card was in standard and I hated it because I couldn't destroy things. Um, In this deck, it is so, so good. Um, Better than I I thought when I first saw the card in the list because it actually gives you one-sided board wipe protection if you want. So by sacrificing Selfless Spirit... um, and it coming back, you can actually stack the triggers so that uh, your token will come back before Selfless Spirit's ability resolves, giving the token copy of Selfless Spirit indestructible as well. The fact that Selfless Spirit is a 2-1, uh, actually, and it comes back as a token, it'll still be a 2-2 with Hoffrey too. So it's actually not really decreasing its power uh, much at all. Um, and when we t- start talking about the removal sorceries in this deck, you're going to see how many board wipes we have in here. And, and that's the whole one-sided board wipe is you can, you know, cast a board wipe, sacrifice your selfless spirit, give your board indestructible. And now everyone else's stuff is destroyed except for yours. Um, hopefully your stuff is all spirit. So it all has haste and you can swing out and try to win. Yeah, Selfless Spirit's a really good card. I think it's played in a lot of places. I do like, though, that it's just a generic spirit here, so it's already a 3-2 with uh, with, with Trample and Haste. Yeah. So you can play it. Uh, during combat swing immediately to get the you know the advantage of of having that and then um board wipe on on your second main phase mm-hmm. um you know and you didn't have to just board wipe and then lose it and had haste so i hey, like that a lot three damage is relevant it's a lightning bolt three, right three damage is relevant and then last um but not least we have an elemental incarnation so not a spirit here but we have solitude um, this is a 3-2 flash lifelink um, for three white-white that has, when it enters the battlefield, exile up to one other target creature. That creature's controller gains life equal to its power. So that same thing, uh, swords to plowshares. It's an instant for one white. You can exile target creature. Its, its controller gains life equal to its power. Um, but it also has an ability for evoke. So you can exile a white card from your hand. Um, to to instead cast solitude for free um, it enters the battlefield and you have to immediately sacrifice it um, but when it enters you get to essentially exile a creature that is problematic um, 
this is pretty cool because you can exile a white card from your hand, uh, exile a creature, and then when it dies, it, it comes back as a 1-1, one, one, and then you get to exile another creature. Yeah, and, and there's even uh, an extra step right in the middle with Evoke. So Evoke is actually a trigger that goes on the stack. So if you do have a sacrifice outlet where you can get mana or mill cards or something uh, to your advantage, you can actually sacrifice Solitude before the Evoke trigger resolves and, and get some extra value that way. But just by itself for zero mana, you get to exile two creatures. That's that's insane. It's really good. <laughs> so, so moving on, we have instance and sorcery removal now. So not on a creature, but the first one here is a card that I have not played with, but it just came out within the last year, which is a rip apart. It is a sorcery that says choose one. You It either deals three damage target creature or planeswalker or has destroy target artifact or enchantment. And it costs red and white. I like I like modal spells. Great solid option. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I This next removal spell is a spell that I like to play in every single deck that has red. I think it's red's best removal spell, in my opinion. And it's, it's also very fun um, because people get to maybe get a free random card. And that's Chaos Warp. Chaos Warp is a three-mana instant for two and a red. This is the owner of target permanent, shuffles it into their library, then reveals the top card of their library. If it's a permanent card, they put it onto the battlefield. Technically, you could target your own stuff with this too, but just the fact that this is like a mono red, quote, destroy target permanent, and then you have to pray to the magic gods that that permanent doesn't show right back up. Yeah. Yeah, this one, the, the next one is 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 another removal spell in white. Isn't as fun, but it deals with elephants, so that's kind of cool. Um, it is generous gift for two and a white. You have an instant that says destroy, destroy target permanent. Its controller creates a 3-3 green elephant creature token. I like this specifically in this deck because, one, you can use it to destroy a permanent that is problematic for you that your opponent has. Mm -hmm. But in some cases, maybe even removing one of your creatures with a better enter the battlefield ability is is more valuable. So, um, you know, if, if you have an artifact and an enchantment that is problematic and you have Duargar Hedge Mage, you, you might rather destroy your own creature and then get its enter the battlefield ability so mm -hmm. you kind of you 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 also get your creature back of hoffrey's out as a one one and you get an elephant and you got your end result of removing the problematic thing you know oh, yeah. or a cathar commando or or a bounty agent you know for sure we've even alluded to the fact that you might see a card called anointed procession in here later which is going to give you a second elephant and a second of whatever creature that you just destroyed with your generous gift so yeah uh, awesome awesome uh, removal spell the next one the next two removal spells are actually going to be uh, very common you've probably heard of them uh, path to exile a one white instant of exile target creature its controller may search their library for a basic land card put that card on the the battlefield tapped then shuffle their library and swords to plowshare we mentioned it already when we talked about solitude swords to plowshare a one mana white instant that says exile target creature its controller gains life equal to its power just very strong one mana instant exile creature removal yeah, the next card here is one that actually I think the la it might have been the last two times as well that we did a deck tech. Wear and tear comes up a lot, and I'm so glad we see this. So again, we have an instant. It is a fuse card. So um, you you can pay one red and a colorless mana to cast wear, um, or you can fuse it and pay one additional mana to play tear, which is one white mana. I guess you can also just play tear if you want. Um, but wear says destroy target artifact for one and a red and tear 
Harris's destroy target enchantment for a single white. So I guess if you pay a colorless, a red and a white, you get to destroy target artifact and target enchantment. I, I like having these cards. Um, I, you know, targeted removal for enchantments um, and, and artifacts remains um, very important in yeah. the decks that I have been, uh, or I guess against the decks I've been playing against. Yeah, especially targeted enchantment removal. In my opinion, at least. Yeah, I, I could have used that this weekend a few times when, when there were cards out that, that were just causing issues. I mean, Smothering Tithes alone, I, I want oh, yeah. that tear for. Um, but Artifacts, the number of times this year that I've gotten nailed by a sword of X and Y, whichever um, one has yeah. the, you know, I would love to have gotten rid of that artifact. Um, there's also usually artifacts out because we're seeing a lot more treasures. Now right. they'll probably sack the treasure in response, but um, at least you force them to sacrifice it, right? Yeah. Because force them to use that man on the next turn. Say force them to do it now. That's what, that's what we like to say. <laughs> exactly. Um, so now the last card I want to mention when talking about the instance and sorceries actually isn't an instant or sorcery itself, um, but it's ardent elementalist, a, a creature from, our, our newest Innistrad set. So Arden Elementalist for three and a red, you get a two, one human shaman that says when Arden Elementalist enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. And you might think this sounds very, very familiar. And that is because there is a blue creature that costs four mana that has an enter the battlefield effect that is not a human shaman, but a human wizard uh, that says when it enters the battlefield, when Archaeomancer enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. So this is just a, a cool use of this creature, um, a red Archaeomancer that we finally got for our Boros or Lorehold Spellslinger decks. Um, very, very cool to see. Uh, and maybe there'll be some loops that we can present later on to actually constantly pump our incident sorceries back into our hand and recast them over and over again. Very cool card. Love to see it played. And now we have a few board wipes in the deck. The first one here is Blasphemous Act, a sorcery for eight and a red. And it says this spell costs one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield. Um, and it deals 13 damage to each creature. It's, I don't know, in, in, in almost all cases, Blasphemous Act wipes out all creatures unless they have Indestructible. Yeah. So continues to be a wonderful spell. Yeah, and as we mentioned before, talking about how prevalent treasures are, uh, a card that I don't see enough with the treasure meta being what it is, is Vandal Blast. So Vandal Blast is a one red sorcery. It says destroy target artifact you don't control, but it has overload for four and a red to destroy each artifact you don't control. So take out all those treasures all at the same time. Love this card. You know, I think one of the reasons why we hadn't seen it so much is because at one point it was like it was like six or seven dollars, but okay. it, it was reprinted in Time Power Remastered. We got it in Forgotten Realms Commander and Crimson Vow Commander. So I think Vandal Blast is back at a point where I think some folks are willing to pick that up again. Um, I know I would at, at that price. Yeah. Um, Vandal Blast, really, really good. We see treasures all the time. And then finally, we have, you know, just a just a, a good old board wipe with a Wrath of God. You're going to pay four mana and you're going to destroy all creatures. And then they, they can't be regenerated for two white, white at sorcery speed. Yeah, fantastic. Always, always got to have it in, in a white deck, in my opinion. I think it's the probably the best board wipe in white, in my opinion. But... 
maybe maybe that's a loaded answer but we were talking about how uh cards you know with from oni's perspective early game haymakers and preventing them and this next card is another removal card but the cmc is a little bit high to consider it an early game uh removal spell and that's angel of ruins angel of ruins is a seven mana artifact creature angel five white white you get a five seven flyer that says when angel of ruin enters the battlefield exile up to two target artifacts and or enchantments it does have plane cycling too so for two generic mana if it's in your hand you can pay two generic mana uh, discard it and go search your library for planes and put it into your hand instead um, there are ways in this deck to actually reanimate creatures uh, most of them float around the four mana value slot like breath of life late to dinner and resurrection uh, we will talk about those a little bit later um, so that's really going to be the only way that you can actually get this card out super early is is either cycling it milling it and then reanimating it um, but it's it's got such a great effect to be able to just destroy two artifacts or enchantments on etb uh, it is a creature so hoffrey is going to be able to make that token copy so you'll, actually it'll be able to destroy four uh, four target permanents so really really cool card to have yeah so while the deck is fun to play oni said that it heavily relies on hoffrey's ability um, to kind of make the whole deck function. So if Hoffrey is removed too often, it becomes seven mana and then nine mana. Um, the deck can really just fold um, to what it's playing against. Um, so because that's part of the deck, um, uh, it, I guess starting with small creatures is part of the deck that are, uh, come out as less of a threat. Um, we want to make sure that folks are not focusing on Hoffrey. Um, so you really want to get some creatures assembled uh, and then Hoffrey and then a sacrifice outlet so you can kind of get the engine going. Um, so there's a lot of sack outlets in this deck. Actually, a lot more than I was expecting to see. But since the entire deck does require ETB effects or even leave the battlefield in the event of Cavalier of Dawn, um, we need to make sure that we have them. So some of these um, altars uh sacrifice for no cost some have a cost and some do extra when you sacrifice even um beyond just activating uh hoffrey um so we're gonna go through these the first one is altar of dementia an artifact for two colorless mana it's a sacrifice a creature target player puts a number of cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power from the top of their library into their graveyard so you can mill them um but also you're going to get that sacrifice so that you can get your creature back that's probably going to do even more when it enters the battlefield yeah yeah, there's even um you don't know yeah you can you can mill your opponents you could even mill yourself with this particular card because uh, as we mentioned there is some reanimation in here so if you're at a point where you're just looking for you have a reanimation spell in hand you're looking for that haymaker you might want to try uh, milling yourself ashnod's altar might be one that you're a little bit more familiar with with a lot of a combo potential that's a three mana artifact this is sacrifice a creature add two colorless mana to your mana pool um, the colorless mana is going to help you a lot you know there's enough artifacts there's enough high cmc creatures you know, we talked we just talked about this seven cmc angel this colorless mana is definitely going to do a lot of work in this deck yeah, Culling Dias, an artifact for two colorless. It says, tap, sacrifice a creature, put a charge counter on Culling Dias, and then you can pay one, sacrifice Culling Dias to draw a card for each charge counter on it. Um, I've not seen this card take off before, but I certainly understand why you need so many sacrifice outlets here. And this is great uh, being uh, a way to, to draw cards in, in white-red. 
Yeah, and you gotta have it. Phyrexian altar, uh, very similar to Ashnod's altar, except for when you sacrifice a creature, you're adding one mana of any color rather than two colorless mana. This has a lot more potential in this deck because you can literally sacrifice your creatures and pay for any spell in the deck as long as you sacrifice enough creatures to do it. Yeah, Phyrexian Vault, three mana artifact, says pay two, tap, sacrifice a creature, draw a card. This one's great. You get to draw a card and activate Hoffrey all so day long. Now we get to talk about some enchantments that are actually going to be some sacrifice outlets. This particular one I had not heard of before this deck. Could just be me. Fanatical Devotion. Two and a white, an enchantment that says sacrifice a creature, regenerate target creature. So not only is this one going to be uh, an instant speed sack outlet that costs zero to sack and it's repeatable, but it's also going to give you some protection for Hoffrey, which we know is very important here. Yeah, regenerate is becoming more and more useful. I mean, the number of times you see Wrath of God, I think I think I'm seeing more board wipes based on damage than just destroy creatures that mm-hmm. can't be regenerated. Um, I like this card a lot here because you can sacrifice a creature, it comes back as a spirit but you also gave hoffrey uh you know regenerate so so the next time it would die instead of dying uh you just tap it and you also i guess remove it from combat really really strong card here goblin bombardment um another pretty pretty great card in decks that focus on sacrificing it's an enchantment for one and a red that says sacrifice a creature goblin bombardment deals one damage to target creature or player so you know if life totals are dwindling and you've got enough creatures you can sack a few deal one damage to target player and take out your opponent that way i guess you can also do it if you need to take out a problematic creature absolutely martyrs cause is a an enchantment that i typically only see in like token token wide like token decks that go really wide they have a ton of tokens on the field um but just as a sacrifice outlet it's going to be really good here too so it's a three mana enchantment two and a white sacrifice a creature prevent all damage to a creature or player from one source this also helps protect you from you know getting crater hoofed by one creature you know if someone drops a crater hoof but they can only swing one creature at you or or two creatures at you something you just prevent all the damage that comes from it yeah i think this is a card that that could see it could see some more play i like this a lot even if you're not playing a ton of tokens this hoffrey deck i i assume is going to sack at least three or four creatures we have played against it so it definitely has sacrificed a few creatures um i think it's a great card uh one that i also have never played with or against is heart piercer manticore so this is two red red uh for a four three manticore when it enters the battlefield you may sacrifice another creature when you do heart piercer manticore deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target it also has embalm for five and a red so you can exile it from a graveyard and make a token copy of heart piercer manicore but it's a white zombie and also a four four so that's pretty cool um i, I like having the option to just have one sack outlet too this is pretty cool yeah and and it being a creature with embalm has the added ability of you get its normal etb the hoffrey spirit etb and then the embalm etb uh so you get to you get to do it three times which i like High Market is our, actually our only land sacrifice outlet. So High Market can tap for a colorless mana or it can tap and sacrifice a creature to gain one life. Gaining one life really isn't that relevant, but if you gain one life 10 turns in a row, all of a sudden ten, gaining 10 life is pretty darn relevant. Yeah, I like this card a lot. Now, we also have a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of ways to sacrifice, so we might as well take advantage of this. Now, we... 
we can steal some of our opponent's creatures with this deck through Zealous Conscripts and Morton Primordial. So Zealous Conscripts is four and a red for a 3-3 human warrior with haste that says when Zealous Conscripts enters the battlefield, gain control of target permanent until end of turn. Untap that permanent, it gains haste until end of turn. So you can play this, steal your opponent's creature, swing with that creature in the end of combat or second main phase. You can sacrifice it with whichever of these sacrifice outlets you have to not give it back to them. But on top of that, because you have Hoffrey, you're going to make a copy of that creature, um, but it's going to be a 1-1 spirit. So then you get to keep a copy. And until that copy leaves, it doesn't go back to the graveyard of your opponent, does it? It does not. Which it is, does not. No. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you're up against like a graveyard matters deck or something that's trying, like if you're playing against me, you're playing against me and I'm trying to take my gray merchant of Asphodel and loop it 80 times or whatever, you just have to kill it once and keep your token copy alive. It's exiled until that token copy dies. So. Yeah. Very, very cool. cool. And and Molten Primordial is a seven mana, five red, red uh, avatar, six, four with haste. And when it enters the battlefield for each opponent, you gain control of up to one target creature that player controls until end of turn. So steal up to three creatures, kill it, kill all three of them, get token copies, steal another three creatures, kill all those, get token copies. Uh, very cool to be able to have six brand new creatures just for you from from one seven drop. From one seven drop, yeah, that's that's actually a very cool one. Now, the ramp package in the deck is sort of low in regards to rocks, um, with only seven in the deck, um, but only let us know that that's where Warhound and Solemn Simulacrum and the like come into play. So Loyal Warhound is a dog for one and a white. It's a 3-1 with Vigilance that says when it enters the battlefield, if an opponent controls more lands than you, search your library for a basic planes and put it onto the battlefield tapped and shuffle. I like this card a lot. It reminds me of, oh, it's, it's white, white, and it does this. It's a human, not a dog. Um, weathered Wayfarer or something like that? There's some Wayfarer that does. A weathered Wayfarer, Wayfarer's got just what I need. Um, <laughs> lands, but no, no, that one's a tap. I'll think of it after, but Loyal Warhound reminds me of that card. Um, but this is a 3-1 where the other one's just a 2-2, two -two, so I do like this one having higher power. This deck also plays Sad Robot, as you may know it as, uh, Solemn Simulacrum, which is a 4 generic mana 2-2 two -two artifact creature golem that says when Solemn Simulacrum enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land, put that card onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library, and and has when Solemn Simulacrum dies, you may draw a card. So it's another one of those instances where it has both an enter the battlefield and death trigger, uh, allowing you to draw cards in lore hold and ramp in lore hold, two things that are typically pretty difficult to do. So awesome, awesome inclusion here. Yeah, um, the next one is is uh, pr pretty bananas. Also getting very, very expensive. Um, uh -huh. I guess not getting, but continuing to rise in price. Dockside Extortionist, a 1-2 Goblin Pirate for one and a red. When it enters the battlefield, create X treasure tokens where X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. So um, here you might want to wait off uh, on destroying all their artifacts and enchantments until you play your Dockside and then play all your creatures and remove them. Um, you know, uh, we saw we saw this happen the other night. Really oh, yeah. good stuff. <laughs> Remember to always play your dock side after your opponent plays their dock side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then sacrifice the dock side you made in your Hoffrey deck to then make another dock side after your opponent played theirs. 
after they after you played your first one. And and now you have so much mana, you don't know what to do it with. And you're the real winner for having that much mana. <laughs> you really are. So Archaeomancer's Map is a card that a lot of people talked about. This was printed in the Lorehold Commander deck. Um, I don't think it's really seen as much play as the... Uh, as people thought it was going to see. Um, but Archaeomancer's map for three mana, two and a white, you get an artifact that says when Archaeomancer's map enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two basic planes, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. So it, it doesn't necessarily limit you to planes um, to put down onto the battlefield, only when you search them um, for like, like Loyal Warhound. So you can you know if you have mountains in your hands you can play them like this it's it's uh, kind of like burgeoning in a way but only when an opponent has more lands than you i you know and i think the last two times we've done deck text this one's been in there as well and every time we say don't have much experience with this i'd like to see it so someone play some archaeomancer's maps so i can speak to it better <laughs> absolutely so now there are a few utility pieces in the deck we did allude to before that are very very good and uh, that's that's the only description uh, uh oni gave to us about these i think very very good is actually an understatement for some of these so panharmonicon anointed procession and reconstruct Hi history are more than just good cards this first one panharmonicon is going to be doubling our enter the battlefield trigger so for four generic mana you get an artifact says if an artifact or creature entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control the trigger that ability triggers an additional time so not only are we getting the original etb doubled but we're getting the token copy etb doubled for a total of four times triggers Yes. Anointed Procession, an enchantment for three and a white. It says if an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many tokens instead. Um, twice the tokens, twice the fun. Oh, I love it's it. Also a pretty expensive card here um, from Amon Cat. So yep. we need that reprinted, Wizards of the Coast. Please and thank you. Uh, Reconstruct History is the last card uh, in the in this Really, really good uh, card section for four mana. You get a sorcery, two red and a white. It says return up to one target artifact, enchantment, instant sorcery, and planeswalker from a graveyard to your hand. And then you exile, reconstruct history. Um, so there's no planeswalkers in the deck, but the fact that you can have a four mana sorcery return four cards from your graveyard to your hand is pretty darn good. And, and you're going to have a lot of self mill in here. So it's actually going to do that more often than you might think. Right. Now, the card draw on the deck is relatively low, but it works for the deck. Um, and so Oni said, since we can use creatures multiple times due to Hoffrey, um, with things like Culling Dias, etc., the other sack outlets, um, we've got some things here that we're running like Priest of Ancient Lore, a 2-1 Dwarf Cleric for two and a white. It says when it enters the battlefield, you gain one life and you draw a card. So um, you get a little bit of card draw off of the Priest um, and, and, and the token that it makes. And if you've got, a, a, I guess, Anointed Procession or even Panharmonicon, you can draw even more. Uh, yeah, and we're also looking at cards like Cathartic Pyre, um, so it, it more of the looting style. So Cathartic Pyre is a modal card for two mana. You get an instant that's either going to deal three damage to target creature or planeswalker, or you're going to be able to discard two cards and then draw them up to two cards and draw them any cards. You actually could discard one. 
The one creature that I like here in the card draw section um, that we have a seasoned pyromancer, a 2-2 human shaman for one red red. When it enters the battlefield, you discard two cards and then draw two cards. And for each non-land card discarded this way, you get a 1-1 red elemental creature token. And then it also has three red red to exile seasoned pyromancer from your graveyard to create two 1-1 red, red elemental creature tokens. So discard and draw. Um, I also like the rummaging effect a lot here. Um, and if you get multiple of them, you can just find the card you need. And very similarly to Magus of the Wheel, you'll also see a copy of Wheel of Fortune in here. Three mana sorcery that costs over $300 from Revise that says all players must discard their hands and then draw a new seven. And really, this is just to fuel your graveyard, all of this uh, self-mill and all of this looting. Right, and once you've got a lot of that in the graveyard, there are some reanimation spells in the deck to help provide more support to bring back creatures after you've either used them, or even if Hoffrey's not on the battlefield to really start out a combo, we've got cards like Breath of Life, Late to Dinner, and Resurrection, which are all spells that say return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, Breath of Life and Resurrection um, cost four mana. Late to Dinner... Um, also gives you a food token, but all three do the exact same thing at sorcery speed. Yeah, Felden of the Third Path is in here. Legendary creature for three, one, one, one red, red. You get a two, three that has an activated ability of two and a red to tap it and create a token that is an artifact um, that is a copy of a creature that's in your graveyard. So this only gives you instantaneous. You do have to sacrifice it at the end of the turn. Uh, you're not going to get an extra Hoffrey token since this one's going to start as a token, but if it's already in your graveyard, it's kind of a good way to continue to use uh, that particular thing. So Sun Titan is also in here. I mean, everyone plays Sun Titan. Sun Titan is under 50 cents because it's been reprinted so many times, but man, is this thing still a house for four <laughs> white white. You get a, a six six giant with vigilance. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, you can return target permanent card with uh, converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield um, a lot of times people say well at least i play fetch lands i'll always be able to get a fetch land myriad landscape seems to be the only self-sacrifice land in this deck but there are 11 creatures and more importantly eight sack outlets that are three cmc or less that you can get sometime now so people are going to be removing your sack outlets this is going to be a way to not quite protect them but bring them back yeah, we also have Fabled Passage. So there is one more land that oh, we can get back wonderful. here. Yeah, so I do like that. Fetch lands, also really great. And then we also have two mass reanimation spells. One is Rally the Ancestors. The other is Storm of Souls. I like Storm of Souls a lot. Sorcery for four white, white that says return all creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Each of them is a 1-1 spirit with flying in addition to its other types. Exile, exile Storm of Souls. Um, Hoffrey's going to give them all trample and haste and plus one, plus one if they're all spirits when they come back. So this is like a fantastic addition. And then when these die, you're going to get 1-1 versions of them that are still spirits, um, which I think is really funny. And then Rally the Ancestors is an instant for white, white, and X. You return each creature with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield exile them at the beginning of your next upkeep and then exile rally of the ancestors so if you can bring all of them back um and then you have a sack outlet you can sacrifice them before your next upkeep and mm -hmm. then keep one one spirit version copies of them so very very cool stuff yeah and uh and and when you build a board state like that from that sort of mass reanimation uh you're you're going to be able to probably swing to win but outside of swinging to win there are a few more ways that this deck is built to win uh, and the number one and the one that we actually lost to the other day is the revel arc and karmic guide combo um so revel arc and karmic guide kind of combo together in that one uh can 
reanimate the other one. So Kermit Guide is a five mana angel spirit. It's flying protection from black. It's a two, two. It's got echo for its same casting cost of five, three, white, white. Um, when Kermit Guide enters the battlefield, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Kermit Guide's sole job is going to be bringing back Revelark to the battlefield. Revelark is for four and a white. You get a four, three elemental with flying. This is when a Revelark leaves the battlefield, return up to two target creature cards with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It also has evoke for five and a white. Uh, we're not really going to use the evoke cost, but but really what's going to happen is you're going to be looping uh, Revelark to return Karamit Guide and one other creature that has power two or less. And then Karamit Guide is going to bring back Revelark and you're going to constantly either bringing back the same creature over and over again with a sacrifice outlet that has two power or less, or you're going to get all of your creatures with two power or less onto the battlefield to build a nice board state for yourself. Yeah, there's a couple of loops here. One is, so the creatures we mentioned before, some of them are part of these combos. So you can um, return Ardent Elementalist to get all of your instants and sorceries back to your hand. Uh, if you're looping with Dockside Extortionist, you can end up potentially just getting infinite mana with a lot of treasures. And Duplicate will allow you to exile all of your opponent's creatures. Yeah, um, we, we mentioned Durger Hedge Mage, which is going to destroy all artifacts and enchantments as long as you control the right amount of mountains and plains. Mindclaw Shaman is going to be casting all instants and sorceries from your opponent's hand. So Mindclaw Shaman uh, is a is a six mana 2-2. Uh, two, two. That when it enters five the, mana two oh two. I'm sorry five mana two two when it enters the battlefield you can look at target player's hand and then cast an instant or sorcery from their hand for free you loop it over and over cast all of the instants and sorceries from all of your opponent's hands um, priest of the ancient lore we mentioned when it enters the battlefield you gain one life and you draw a card you could draw your entire deck this way which is really cool do the same thing with solemn simulacrum um, seasoned pyromancer will allow you to loot your entire deck uh, but even on top of that if your sacrifice outlet that you have out there is is goblin bombardment you don't even need another creature you can just win with revelark and karmic guide and, and just ping everyone down to death with goblin bombardment right and if you have a terror of the peaks out which is a five four dragon with flying for three red red it says spells your opponents um spells your opponents cast that target terror of the peaks cost an additional three life to cast so it's harder to remove um and then it says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control terror of the peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target so if you're really doing these loops with karmic guide and revelark and terror of the peaks is out you're just going to ping everyone um, and it is, uh, it's really a sight to see because in the pile that Oni was reanimating, Terror of the Peaks was coming back. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it was, it was, uh, lights out for us. Uh, so this is actually a really, really cool deck. I love these reanimation decks. I think there is so much synergy and I personally build around my commanders more often than I don't. So I like seeing other commander decks that they function um, you know, when their commander's out, but this one even has a backup plan that if Hoffrey is removed once or twice or three times, because I, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if someone removed it a third time, For sure. um, that there is still an option. There are some commander decks that fold if their commander is just removed too many times. Um, and this one's pretty resilient. Um, so like always, we like to suggest some cards that we would add if we were playing with this deck. And actually, this one's kind of an off-the-wall one that I like, and I think both sides work really well, which is Mila Crafty Companion, and the flip side is Luca Wayward Bonder. So Mila is a 2-3 fox for one white-white. Um, the first part of it, um, when an opponent attacks one or more Planeswalkers you control, put a loyalty counter on each Planeswalker, isn't really relevant in this deck because there aren't any Planeswalkers. Um, but it says whenever a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability, 
ability and opponent controls you can draw a card which i think is really great but if you play it on the commander side with luca it it has two abilities that i think are relevant the plus one is you can discard a card and if you do you draw a card but if you discard a creature this way, you get to do, draw two cards instead. So that's pretty cool because we do have some creatures that we want to get into our graveyard. And then also the minus two to return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste and then you exile it at your next upkeep. You can bring it back, swing with it for combat, sacrifice it so it doesn't get exiled at the beginning of your next upkeep. And then you get a copy of it. That's a 1-1 one, one spirit. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a fantastic combo. I like that a lot. Um, I like, uh, you know... Him being from Ikoria, Luca, I, I have to talk about another Ikoria card here in Luminous Broodmoth. Uh, Luminous Broodmoth being a four mana, two white, white insect, three, four with flying. This is whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. Um, so this is just going to be an, another way to get another enter the battlefield. Um, only seven of the 26 creatures in this deck have flying currently. So for the other 19 creatures, this is just another way to get another enter the battlefield or death trigger for your creatures right another card that i like here a lot and it synergizes really well with the deck is from zendikar rising the set with non-stop fiery goodness is kazul's fury an instant for two and a red that says as an additional cost to cast the spell you sacrifice a creature which we want to do in this deck and it deals damage equal to the sacrifice creature's power to any target but it's a land on the other side, so you can actually follow Coil's advice and just remove a land there and you add go. the spell in, which I did do. I, in fact, removed a basic land of the color. Now, we do need mountains for, uh, you know, Dwarger, Head Mage, and other spells, so maybe not that one, but I think this is a great inclusion. I like this card. Now, who would I be if I didn't mention my namesake of a worm coil engine here? But let me tell you, this card actually it would be a house, uh, especially in combination with like your anointed procession uh, types effects. Um, so worm coil engine is a six generic mana artifact creature worm six, six that has both death touch and lifelink. And when it dies, you actually get uh, two tokens. Uh, they're both three, three worms. One has death touch and one has lifelink. So with Hoffrey, uh, it doesn't matter matter what the worm coil it doesn't say like half of the worm coil engine's power goes to one token and the other so even your one one worm coil engine token that you get from hoffrey is going to be making two three three tokens when it dies um, with anointed procession you're talking about getting like a board of 12 of these three three tokens and it can go pretty crazy i'm just saying you could play it <laughs> <laughs> the next one here because we know that there's a combo centric piece to this deck um another card that i i would add which is very similar to a card that's currently in the deck is a coercer recruiter this is my last suggestion here a four three orc pirate for four and a red it says when it enters the battlefield or another pirate enters the battlefield under your control you gain control of target creature until end of turn untap it until end of turn that creature gains haste and also becomes a pirate in addition to its other types so this is very much like the zealous conscripts we mentioned which was a three three with haste um but same mana value um it doesn't turn things into a pirate and the difference really is that zealous conscripts has haste itself where course of recruiter doesn't the thing that i like about this a lot is the fact that we have the ability to make additional tokens with that anointed procession so if you play a coercive recruiter and you do sacrifice it to hoffrey and you make two coercive recruiters the way that these work is you wouldn't take um you wouldn't just take two creatures um like you would or one with the zealous conscripts coercive recruiters see each other so you're going to take two additional creatures um so you would steal four 
because each of them is going to steal two. And then if you have ways, you know, if someone plays something crazy on the battlefield that makes everybody get additional creatures or additional tokens, which I have seen plenty of times now, mm-hmm. um, Coercive Recruiter can actually go pretty crazy. And then you can sacrifice all your opponent's creatures that you've stolen. So another option. I, I think Coercive Recruiter is such a good card. And being 29 cents, super affordable. Yeah, no, amazing. Commander Legends, please. Let's, well, we're getting another Commander Legends this year. Yes, um, maybe. So now this is this next suggestion might not be for everybody, but specifically for Oni, we know that uh, in this particular deck, you're okay with running infinite combos because we see your Revel Arc and Carbon Guide. So there is actually an infinite combo specifically with Hoffrey Ghost Forge that is not included in this deck currently, revolving around the card Mist Moon Griffin. So Mist Moon Griffin is a four mana Griffin for two. Uh, that's two two power two toughness so three and a white it's flying and when miss moon griffin dies exile miss moon griffin then return the top creature card of your graveyard to the battlefield um so you can actually uh kill miss moon griffin with a sacrifice outlet with hoffrey out there uh and miss moon griffin doesn't actually have to exile itself in order for its last ability to completely resolve um, so by sacrificing Miss Moon Griffin and getting a token copy of Miss Moon Griffin, you can then sacrifice that token copy of Miss Moon Griffin, get the real copy of Miss Moon Griffin into your graveyard, and then return your real copy of Miss Moon Griffin back to the graveyard, um, or sorry, back to the battlefield with its original Miss Moon Griffin trigger. Um, so this goes infinite with any particular sack outlet. So depending on what sack outlet you have is just depending on how you're going to win the game, really. Goblin Bombardment's going to ping all your opponents to death. Ashnod's Altar is going to give you infinite colorless mana. Phyrexian Altar gives you infinite colored mana. And Altar of Dimension mills out all of your opponents. So uh, Oni, since you are okay with running infinite combos in this deck, I would suggest finding a place for Mist Moon Griffin. I would like to lose to a card that that goes infinite and says return the top creature in your graveyard (laughs) to the battlefield because I've never dealt with the order of my graveyard before. Most of my decks don't care, but um, this deck was a lot of fun to go over. Oni, thank you so, so much for being a patron. We had a great time putting this episode together. Um, And if you are interested in having an episode done for one of your decks, again, head over to patreon.com and you you can check out our tiers and one of them will feature your deck. Um, that is it for this week. You can find me on Twitter at Andy Flory if you want to reach out to me. And you can find me on Twitter at Worm Coil Engine. We want to give a special thanks to Ryan Nichols, our producer and editor. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And Chris Wolf, who handles all of our graphic design. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And I guess until next week, we'll chat with you then. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>